Okay, good morning. We are on Chav Dalet, Amud Aleph. We are, yesterday we were talking about, we mentioned that uh, if you have children, the Machlokas, the Shmuel, and uh, Yosef, whether you have, uh, whether your backsides are touching with another person uh, under the covers, can you say Kriya Shema? So we discussed, according to Shmuel, even if your wife is that person, and Rav Yosef said it makes a difference who that person is, and if it's B'nai Beso, if it's other household members, you have to put a, with your children, you have to put a blanket, in, a bed sheet, a blanket, a pillow, something in between separating you, and then you can go ahead and say Kriya Shema. So now, the question says, if your children are young, Ketanim, you don't need to have any separation. If they're past the point of Ketanim, you need to have some separation. The is going to ask right now, Omar Mar, so if everyone has it, we are uh, literally uh, probably about a little more than a third way down of the fat lines. Omar Mar. Omar Mar. So he says as follows. Um, if your children and your household members were Ketanim under age, Mutter. You can say Kriyashma under the covers, meaning if you are, you can say Kriyashma while lying in bed with them under the covers, even if there's no separation, if there's no cloth, blanket, bed sheet between you and them. Kama. So what age... Uh, what age dictates whether they are katanim or they're beyond the age of, uh, of katnas? So Gemara says, Amar Avchista Tinokas Bas Sholo Shonav Yom Echad. So a girl, anyone, a female under the age of three is considered a katana, and for that you don't need a separation. And a boy, Ben Teisha Shonav Yom Echad, passed uh, up until nine years old. After three and after nine, then you will need some separation. The Gemara says, Ikadarmi is the second opinion. No. It's not talking about when they are actually raw ilabia, right? When an a, a, a eight-year-old boy or a two-year-old girl, that's hard for us to imagine, but if they were to cohabit, it's not even considered an act of bia. After three, it's considered an act of bia. After nine, it's considered an act of bia for boy, but that's not what this Mandarma says. It says, we're talking about when they reach puberty. So, tinokes bas achas esrei shon of yom echad, when a girl becomes 11 years old, then a parent or a, a, a sibling would need to have a separation between them if they're laying in bed together unclothed. Again, the situation scenario is hard to imagine in the first place. But in any event, and for a boy, it would be after 12 years old. Both opinions, sorry, both a boy and a girl, we have a pasuk in Yechezkel, talks about when they're developing physical characteristics. Um, when they start to grow hair in certain areas, when the, when the girls start to d- develop. So that is what's needed. Now, we happen to Paskin, by the way, that when you're 13 years old, even if you don't have these symptoms, and 12 years old, 13 boy, 12 girl, even if you don't have these symptoms, you're considered a, a gadol. And that's because of a chazaka de rava. Chazaka de rava means that we assume that when a girl reaches 12, when a boy reaches 13, that they have shtei cyrus. They have two pubic hairs, which defines them as gadolim. Okay. So we're now, not concerned at all that the person can see his own erva. Oh, so we're going to get to that also. Libo Ros erva. We have a halacha, even today, that if you are completely unclothed, um, you really shouldn't be saying Kriya Shema at night. Meaning it's just you. It's not the question with, with touching anyone's erva, having improper thoughts. With a cover. With a cover. Libo Ros Ervasa. So Tosos actually says here, you pick your head, Tosos mentions you pick your head out of the, of the blanket and put the blanket around your neck so you are covering yourself. But if you are completely under the blanket, head also, and you're not clothed, you should not say, Libo we'll get to that on the So Tosos actually says here, we're talking about a case where the man sticks his head out of the blanket, so that serves as a barrier. So now the Gemara says as follows, Omli Rav Khan, Rav Ashi, Hasam, Af, uh, Amarava, Afagati, the Shmuel, Hachasakabasi, the Shmuel, Hachamai. 
So we said yesterday that if you remember that Shmuel said, even when it comes to your wife, you're allowed to go ahead and put the tefillin underneath your bed, even if you are going to have, be intimate with your wife, you can put the tefillin under your, your pillow. And we said that Allah is not like Shmuel. Sorry, we said it to Yufta, we had a question of Shmuel. Rav said Allah is still like Shmuel. So now the Gemara asks, is the Allah like Shmuel now as well? That if you have two people standing side by side and only their backside is touching, is the Allah like him as well? So the Gemara says, just because we're passing like Shmuel yesterday by the case of Tefillin doesn't mean that we're passing him now, passing like him now, that if your backside is touching with your wife, you can say Kriyashma. Two separate issues. One was Tefillin and one was saying Kriyashma with, with, your, with your wife. In other words, you can, Shmuel says you can put your Tefillin under your pillow when you're intimate with your wife. But, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to say that you can say Kriyashma if your backsides are touching. Two separate lachas. And now the Gemara asks, we're in towards the bottom. So what happens if you have a, a single pubic hair that's, uh, that's uh, coming out from someone's uh, clothing? Is that a problem to, to, for you to say Kriyashma? Is one allowed to say Kriyashma if he's exposed to someone's uh, pubic hair? So, what's the halacha? No, that's not considered an erva. A, a single hair is a hair. It's not considered an erva. Okay. The Gemara says, now this is the, the we're going we're gonna to use this and we're going to speak for the next half hour about this, this one line. Amr Rabbi Yitzhak, tefach bi'isha erva. A tefach, a small amount of a woman that's normally covered, that is uncovered, is considered a tefach. Now we're going to see in a second. An erva, sorry. Tefach is definitely a tefach, I'm right. But, but it's also an erva, so you were both right. So now, so a tefach, it's referring to an area that is typically covered, but here... If you're looking at it, and we have to see what it means when you're looking at it, when you're looking at it, that's going to be the topic of today's share. We're going to discuss quite a few things today about why it's rough. We'll see in a second what it means to look, but the Gemara is going to say lemai. When you say that a tefach of a woman, presumably an area that's covered, that's uncovered now, um, is and, and you're looking at it in the wrong way, it's an erva. So regarding what halacha, that you're just looking at it. From Rav Sheishes, Rav Sheishes says as follows: When Bnei Saul came out of Midian, they went ahead and they they Bar Hashem. They said this is in in, in Bamidbar. They said that no one was killed. That they didn't lose a single soldier. And to give Akaros Atoftikosh they collected all the gold from the women of Midian. And they took not only the tzmidim, not only did they take the anklets and the bracelets, they also took gold from the area that the Benos Midian used for a chastity belt. They pierced themselves in their, in their uh, private areas, the, the Benos Midian. And so they collect, again, how they collected this is a little, I'm not sure, but they collected this with the thought of giving even the, the, the rishos of these women that tried to seduce them, they showed they brought that to the Mishka and they wanted to melt the, melt the gold and they took it even from not just the outside gold, but even the inside gold, meaning what, what was covered by clothing. So this is what, this is what Rav Shesha says, Why did the Torah go ahead and compare the outside, meaning the anklets and the bracelets, to teach us Rav Shesha, Anyone who looks at the etzpakatana, the pinky of a woman, as if you're looking at her private areas. Okay, what a statement. So if you're looking, and we'll have to see what it means when you're looking at the pinky of a woman. What does it mean? But he equates it just like the pinky is usually exposed, 
as opposed to her makom erva, which is covered, this is alluded to in the fact that when they collected, the Torah told us they collected the outside gold and the inside gold from the Benos Midian, showing that we compare covered to uncovered. So too, if you look at the... The question is, what does it mean, listaklule, to look? But more importantly, before I get to that, I want to discuss something. Look at the Baal Memra. This is Rav Sheshes. Oftentimes in... Um, in um, in, in the Gemara, when a Baal Memra, the author of a statement, we just gloss over it. We don't really look who the Baal Memra was. But if we sometimes understand the context of that, of how that person lived, we'll understand why they were the Baal Memra. So, the Gemara says as follows. Rav Sheshes, by the way, happened to have been blind. There were two Amorar who were very famously blind. Rav Sheshes and Rav Yosef. Rav Sheshes and Rav Yosef. So this is very interesting. So in the Pesach Enayim, which is the Sefer by the Chida, on the end of Menachos, he says as follows. This is what he says. He says, we're, we, we, learn, we learn in Ebrisa that Rav used to take upon himself ten actions, or ten mile um, de chasidus, ten chumras upon himself, that well, he was a chassid, and he took upon himself ten extra items. Listen to what he brings down. Number four, he says, that uh, concerning Rav, Rav, when he walked, had literally tunnel vision. He never looked off to the sides, says the Brisa, because he didn't want to look at something he wasn't supposed to. Number five, it says, That even when someone, if I came up to Shai now and started talking to him, he, Rav would look down. He recognized people only based on their voice. He never wanted to stare at a person so that he would never come to the, oper- to the uh, transgression of looking at someone. Maybe a woman would, would cross his path. He always looked down. He would recognize people by voices. He never looked to the side. Listen to what the Hebraic continues. Rav, Rav, the Chida brings the end of Menachos. He says, Rav Yosef and Rav Sheshes were Tamidim of Rav. And in order to, uh, to promote or, or to continue his legacy, they took upon them emulate. They took upon themselves this chumrah, okay. But they failed, and because they can do it, they blinded themselves. Yeah. Okay. This is what the chida. We're going to see. He's not the only one who says this. So the chida says once they failed, Rav Yosef and Rav Sheshes. Listen to what he says. V'nog Rav Yosef. I'm reading from the chida. V'nog Rav Yosef. Rav Sheshes. Achav lo yochlu lamurba. They blinded themselves. They were so upset, they were not able to follow in the footsteps of their, of their Rav, literally, their Rebbe, of Rav. They blinded themselves. Now, there's a whole question, how they, the, the Rambam, Hilchas HaChobah, Perkei, says, we're not allowed to go ahead. You're not allowed to be mazik someone else. You're not allowed to be mazik yourself. How they did it is a separate question, not for a separate share. But they went ahead and they blinded themselves. So now, the... Uh, what the Chidah suggests, the Ran actually says Beferish. The Ran actually brings us down Beferish. This is a Gemara, very well-known Gemara, in Kedushim, Daflam, and Aleph. Let me read this to you. The Ran, it says as follows. Amar Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef is one of the people who was blind. Rav Yosef or Sheshes. Meresh Havamina, Mandahavala, Amar Li, Halach, Rav Yehuda, Damar, Suma, Patum, and Mitzvos, Avdina, Yom, Tov, There's a Shita, Rav Rabbi Yehuda, very well-known Shita, that a blind person is Patur, is exempt from Mitzvos. A blind person is exempt from mitzvahs. Right. So, he said, I used to make a celebratory meal. I made a kiddush. When they told me the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, that a suma, that a blind person is exempt from mitzvahs, and I am doing the mitzvahs anyway, says Rabbi Yosef, I figured that I'm getting so much more schar. If I'm not commanded, and I do the mitzvah, 
I'm getting so much more schach because I'm doing the mitzvahs anyway, so I want to make a kiddush. So anyone who would tell me the halachas like Rabbi Yehuda, I would put him up on a pedestal and praise him. Because I'm not obligated to mitzvahs, and yet I was doing them. Hashda, but now says Rav Yosef, now that I know the halacha of Rabbi Chanina, that who gets a greater reward? Someone who's obligated the mitzvah and does it, or someone who's not obligated in the mitzvah? Who gets a bigger reward? Obligated. obligated. Now that I heard Rabbi Chanina says, I'm going to throw a kiddush, he does a 180. I'm going to throw a kiddush for anyone who tells me the is not like Rabbi Huda. Because if the halacha is like Rabbi Huda, <coughs> that assume is exempt, then even though I'm going to do the mitzvah, says Rabbi Yosef, I'm not going to get the same reward in Shemayim had I been obligated. And therefore, he says, now he does a complete, he dissects the statement. Originally, when he th- Rabbi Yehuda makes a blanket statement, a, summa, a, a blind person is potter for mitzvahs. So I thought that if I am not obligated, logically, it makes more sense. If I'm not obligated, I do it out of volunteer. I'm volunteering, then I get a bigger schar. Once Rabbi Chanina came along and said, no, Godam Tzuvah you get the bigger schar. If you're obligated, I'm going to make a kiddush for anyone who says Rabbi Yehuda does wrong. Okay. The Ron asks a question. The Ron says, this ptor of Rabbi Yehuda, that a summa is potter for mitzvahs, is that only for someone who was born blind? What if someone becomes blind while they're alive? They were initially chayav. And Rahman al-Tzlan, he hit by shrapnel, they're 25 years old, and now they lose their, their, their vision. Does this Torah still exist? Says the Ron, I'll show you that it does. Rav Yosef, he says, who blinded himself, is the one who went ahead and made, said the statement. So we see from the Ron what the Chidah says as well. The Ron was obviously much earlier. But the Ron also says that I know that answer to this question, it must be that even if you start, you're born with vision, and you subsequently lose the power of sight, you are still, Potter, the exemption comes through, because Rav Yosef is the one who says the statement, and he wasn't born blind. He also blinded himself. That's what Ron says. So we see two different, <coughs> two different uh, areas, uh, two different, Arisha and Achman, who both say that, uh, that they, they blinded themselves. So now, what do we hold today? <laughs> we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Hold that about 15 minutes. We'll get Allah Lamaisa. By the way, what's fascinating is, by the way, the Yam Shal Shlomo actually says that the reason why we have a Suda's bar mitzvah is because of this memra. Once now you're a bar mitzvah, you're now obligated a mitzvah, that's the Suda's mitzvah. That's because of this Gemara. That the Yam Shal Shlomo says that's why we have a Suda's bar mitzvah. That's the whole thing about it. So now. So, to come full circle now, now we can understand why it's Rav Sheshes who makes this statement. It's as if you're looking at He was so careful not to even look. He blinded himself to follow in the ways of Rav. So it makes sense that he himself, who was so machmer in his own life to the extent that he took his own sight, that he doesn't violate anything. Again, whether you're obligated to go to that extent, not, you're not. But now at least we understand why it's Rav Sheshes who made the statement. Rav Sheshes and Rav Yosef are both blind. Rav Sheshes is the one who says that if you are, uh, that if you look at the woman, with the, we're going to see what, what looking the wrong way means. But it says if you look at a woman, I put in the words wrong way. If you look at a woman's pinky, we'll have to see what it means. It's as if you're looking at the Makma Torah. At least now we understand why he said that. Okay. Baruch Torah. That's not applied for doctors and jewelers because the jewelers, jewelers, the yep. same. right? No, you're allowed to look at the ring finger, not the pinky. Okay, so now, so, so, 
what is what is the definition? What is the definition of histaklus? So what does it mean to look? What does it mean to look? So there is a Gemara in Avodah Zarah Dafchaf. I'm going to read it to you as follows. It says Los There are different meanings of what Los means. Don't give over land. Don't don't praise. The Gemara says Los Don't praise a non-Jew. That's what the Gemara says. Los Don't give them any chain. So the Gemara goes on to record now a story. We're not allowed to go and say, you see this uh, shiksa or a guy. You can't say, oh my God, how great they are. We're not supposed to give them praise. That's what the Pasuk means. Don't give a non-Jew unworthy, uh, unnecessary compliments. Gemara says, Mesve, I have a question from Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel. Rabbi was sitting, he was sitting on Harabais, and he saw passing by, as he was sitting by Harabais, he saw a beautiful, beautiful uh, shiksa walking by. And uh, he said, he said, Ma Rabu Hashem. He gave praise. He quoted a pasuk from Tehillim. Similarly, Rabbi Akiva. Okay, but based. Okay, correct. But based after seeing, saying how beautiful Hashem's creations are, but he's also praising the non-Jew, right? She's the creation of. Uh, I mean, you can look at the sky and look at the trees. Say Ma Masach Hashem, but he said it about a person. So, and similarly, Rabbi Akiva, by the way, saw Aisha's, uh Tornus Rufus. Tornus Rufus, by the way, was the most, one of the most vile men of all time. He was a killer, he was a Roman. And it turns out, she's, uh, when he saw the wife of Tornus Rufus walking by, Rak Sochakubacha, he spit, he laughed, and he cried. I think it was not to say he spit because he, uh, she came from a Tipa Sarucha, so he spit, spit uh, comes from a, a spoiled drop of semen. He laughed because he saw that she, after he, Tortoise Rufus died, that she was going to convert and he would marry her, Rabbi Kiva. And the last one is he cried because this beauty is eventually going to be swallowed up by the dirt. So we see that, we, the Gemara actually, this is a question from Rabbi Kiva also, but at least he didn't praise her out loud. But the Gemara says, how did Rabbi Shimon Gamliel praise this Avodos Kachavim? You're not allowed to give praise. And that's actually what the Gemara says. Are you allowed to go ahead and be mistakal at a woman? Ask him Shimon Gamliel to the extent that you say Hashem. And it says, the Pasuk says, You're not allowed to look at a pretty woman, says the Gemara. If she's ugly, you can't stare at a woman. So how can Shimon Gamliel go ahead and and look at this and look at this woman? So the, so the question is, what exactly is Lehistakel? Doesn't mean to look, doesn't mean to gaze, doesn't mean to stare. Meaning there are different levels of looking. You can look at someone and just glance by them. Oh, so if you're looking at someone, then taking a... Okay, so letting it lead to, to other thoughts. Let's see. So there's a, a well-known safer called Shiar Mitzion Ba'alacha, or Shlomo Zalman Braun, who discusses this piece at length. And his commentary on Kitzel Shulchan Arach, he says as follows. He says, the Isser is not just to look, it's really more than that. And he quotes two Magen Avrams that are very Shaykh Lalacha. The first one discusses in Shulchan Arach, in Simon Kuf, Arachayim Kuf Chav Ches, it talks about when the Kohanim are Dochanim. And we know that we're not supposed to peek from under our talus. We're not supposed to look at the Kohanim. Actually, your eyes grow dim. The Gemara says if you look at the Kohanim while they're actually uh, Dochanim, but it says as follows, Shulchan Aruch reads as follows, it says, Bishosh HaKohanim Evarchim Ha'am, at the time that the Kohanim are actually duchening and blessing us, Lo Yabitu, they should not look, meaning the Olam, the Tzibor, should not look at the Kohanim. V'lo Yasichu Daitam, you shouldn't go ahead and think other thoughts, Elayim Kalap Eimata, Kamosh Omer Betfila, you should be looking down. 
they should be in when the when the Kohanim say the bracha. It goes on to say, and they should not look. What does loy stak mean? Says the Mug in Avram, when it says, the Magen Avram says, when the Shulchan says, don't look at the Kohanim, means don't stare, don't gaze for a long time. But if you're just glancing for a second, just to see, do they really split their fingers, you know, you know, do they really split their middles, fingers down the middle? If you're just looking for a second, that's not what the Isra is. The Isra is to look and to stare. Correct, correct. The the Mugan, the, there's another halacha that Shulchan Aruch says in Arachayim Simon Reish Chafhei says Haroa Ilanos Tovos Rebrios Nasafilo Akum Obehema Omer Baruch Hashem Atah Hashem Lo Gemelchalam Shikach Lo Bolamo, but you only can if you see a pretty tree or a beautiful uh, a beautiful uh, person even an Akum you can make this bracha Shikach Lo Bolamo you think Hashem Ve'Einu Varchleim Ela Parmishon you only give them a uh, a, a, a bracha the first time. But Magen Avraham says, what does it mean a filu akum? When he says you're allowed to go ahead and make a bracha on akum, we just said, you're not supposed to stare at an akum. It just says, you can't really look at the shape of the person and go up and down and oogle them. If you're just walking by and you see a seven-foot person walk by for a second, you say, wow, Hashem creates unbelievable things. But to actually stare from head to toe and see what his dimensions are or her dimensions are, that's not what you're allowed to do. What's the he, definition of an akum? An uh, 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 idol worshiper, a non-Jew. It's an akum for avodas kochavim. Sorry. So I want to tell you, Rav Braun brings one other, besides the two Magen Avram, Magen Avrams, one by Duchning and one by making a bracha, when you see something amazing, he brings the most unbelievable proof. Listen to this. I, I, if we had time, I'd tell everyone to take a chomish, but I just want everyone to listen. By Parshas Chukas, Parakafal, if we know when Bnei Yisrael were misbehaving, Hashem makes a saraf. He makes this gold, uh, this uh, nechoshes. Moshe makes a nechoshes nachash, right? He makes a copper snake, which, by the way, is the sign of the medical field today, because when everyone looked at it, they, f- they felt better. That's the sign of the, of the, uh, the medical field today. So listen to the Pesukim here. It says, I'm just going to read the last two Pesukim. This is Parak Chafalif. Pasuk Ches and Tes. For Yom Hashem and Moshe, Asilech Hasaraf. Hashem tells Moshe, make yourself a serpent. Visim also on this and put him on like a uh, on a banner, meaning raise him up high so that everyone can see him. Vayakol Anashok and anyone who's bitten by the snake. Don't forget that was the Magefa. Then they were bitten by the snake, and if they looked at the snake, they would be. And Rashi says, really looking at the snake makes a difference. No, when you look up to Klapei Shemayim, same thing with Moshe's hands with the Malik. When you look, when you recognize that everything's coming from the Kadosh Baruch you'll be saved. But what does it say? Vayakol Hanashok. Anyone who is bitten, vira'a osovachai. They will look. They will see the snake, and live. The next pasuk. Vayas Moshe Nachash Nechoshes Vayisimayol Anes. So Moshe does what Hashem commands him. He makes this nechoshes, uh, this copper serpent, puts it on the banner, and it will be that when the man was bitten by the, the, the snake, beat, and he will gaze upon. Pasuk before said, he will look and he'll be saved. But now when Moshe does the next pasuk, he will gaze at the nechoshes snake and live. What is, so what does Rashi say there? Rashi picks up on the two different words. Rashi says, Vero also ba'alma. When it says the first pasuk, look, it just means a ba'alma, just a quick stare. That's a quick glance. That's it. But when it says vibit, it says mabit bo kavana. When you look, you're looking with kavana. When the second pasuk, what's hibit? When you gaze, when you stare, it's with intent. 
if you look at the Unkelos, now Unkelos we know was the Targum. Unkelos translated very words we've discussed in the past, where Unkelos to make a point would take the same word in the same Pasuk, but we look, there we translate the word Yich in the same Pasuk, two different meanings. Here, listen to what the Unkelos says, Rabron. He says, when the first says, Vihibit, he changes it to the word Yechse. Then he'll look, he'll take a glance. Sorry, that's raw. I'm sorry, raw will be. But when he says hebit, he uses the word histakel to actually the same word we're using right now. Hebit is a longer means gaze. Hebit means to stare and gaze, and he translate that. Targum Yunkel has translate that to histakel, which means to look. The same word that we use in the Gemara. So the stakel doesn't just mean to, to 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 sneak in a quick glance. It really means to look and to actually take a, to, to take stock of what's going on. So much so. The Rav Yaakov Emdin in the Hagos Yaivetz and our Gemara says, to look means, when it says, Asr Lestaka says, Dedafka Ma'ayin Bashkachul Vakavana, which you were saying. When you look at something and you actually process it and you say how it impacts you and, and you start to have thoughts, that's what Lestaka means. Okay. So now, the interesting thing is though, when the Gemara answers, how did Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel sitting on Harabais and he saw this beautiful person walking by? How was he able of Shiva Gamaliel? How was he able to do that? So what would have been a very easy answer based on what we just said? Bro. He took a very simple glance. The Gemara doesn't say that. The Gemara says Karen Zavis Hava. He was walking, he turned the corner, went almost begged into someone, and that was it. Meaning he didn't actually from afar start looking and then see. He was walking around the corner. This person was walking around the corner and they almost banged into each other. And for that one second he was startled and he saw her. But it didn't give that. It didn't give the answer that we gave. It gave an answer where he was walking around the corner. Says the, says the chidam, based on this, obviously when it comes to a woman, it's not just a simple. It might, might be more than that. Not like what we said, because if it was just like we said, the difference between um, qu- um, taking a quick glance and staring, the gemara had a very easy out. The gemara could have just said, "Roshim Gamliel says, I just took a very quick look." But it doesn't say that. It says he had to give some some interesting answer. So he happens to be of the opinion <clears throat> that when it comes to women, is actually a little more than that. So much so, in the Be'er Halacha, by the way, in the in, in Be'er Halacha, was written by the Mishnah Ruah, in Simon Reish uh, Hey, listen to what he says. He says, even typically, dafilu when it comes to prohibiting, praising an akum, a guy, he says, typically, dafilu even a guy, a male guy, you can't look at to give him praise. You can't look at his physical appearance. So when it comes to praising a guy, a male guy, you shouldn't stare, meaning you shouldn't look long enough that you recognize his dimensions, how tall he is, the size of his shoe, so on and so forth. For Hassam, however, says the Bear Lachal, the Mishnah Brother, he says at the end of the Halacha that when it comes to women, even the lesser the lower level of looking is Aser. Now, so that's why, so that's what to gaze means. Most people will assume that it means taking a longer glance that may only apply to areas like duchening, to praising a, a guy, a male guy. When it comes to looking at the woman, we shouldn't even, uh, you know, uh, we should certainly use more discretion um, based on the, on the Be'er Halacha. Now, what is, now we're talking about Suma. What is the status of a Suma? What is the status of a blind person when it comes to mitzvahs. So we, we discussed this uh, Gemara that said, Rabbi Huda said that women, that blind people are exempt from mitzvahs. And then we said, depends if they're, it depends, um, you want to make a kiddush, so on and so forth. Listen to this question of the klichemda. Klichemda 
was Rav Meir Don Plotsky, who died in 1928, he was an Efter, and he asked the following question. He says, when, y- when Yitzchak was on his deathbed, and he summons Esav to bring him, a, go ahead and bring me a, uh, some, a fresh kill. What does Rashi say there? Listen to what Rashi says there. Rashi says on the Pasuk, Sana, go get your son Kelecha, go get your, your, uh, your tools ready, go sharpen them. Rashi says, Loshon Ashchaza, go sharpen your knives. I want to make sure, this is what Esau uh, is being instructed by his father, I switched it, by Yitzchak, by Yitzchak you're right though, but I, it was audible. So, right, so Yitzchak was telling Esau, go sharpen your knives, make sure that it's perfectly sharp and, and smooth. Because if not, the shechit is not kosher, okay? And then he says also, Vitsudali, bring for me, Rashi says, <laughs> He's instructing Esau not to take from stolen goods. Now let me ask you a question. Is this the first time that you think he's bringing for his father um, a, a killing? No. He's gone his whole life. So A, why all of a sudden now does he not trust Esau? And if he doesn't trust Esau, how's he allowed to eat it? In other words... He tells him that every time? Presumably not. Presumably not. I mean, you, we tell our kids they to, 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 you know, put down the toilet seat 25 times, but hopefully they, they, they Esav had a little more grasp than our kids. So, um, so the Chidar asked, I don't understand, every single time he was always being fed for 50, 70, 80, 90 years, however long Esav was able to hunt. Now he's worrying about Hashchaza, making sure the knife is sharp, so there's no nevela about gazela. So it says, okay, you have to have a little, little imagination. It says the Klichemda must have thought that the whole time that Esa, that Yitzchak was, had vision, then he, he was able to be trusted. He knew that Esav, he saw what he was being brought. Now we know that at the very end of his life he was blind, either because of the incense, either because of the, the, the malachim crying when he was laying prone on the, uh, on the Akedah and the, and the tears, or because of macular degeneration. He was getting old and this natural process took its, took its course. But he was blind. So Esav, says the Chidah, Esav held like Rabbi Yehuda that a summa was potter mina mitzvos, and therefore he assumed that his father is not obligated in gezel or kashrus, comes Yitzchak and says, no, I want to be makbid, I want to make sure. So yes, all year, all, his whole life, he didn't have to worry about it. But now we have to worry about even the losases, even about geneva, and even about kashrus, not eating an avela. That's the chidah. Now, now the question is... Properly, and how's he going to know it wasn't stolen? So. Can never ask kashas on ISIS. That's what they say. <laughs> this is all for the longest. Now, so, so the question is: Is is he correct in his assumption? Is the chida is um <clears throat> is the klechemda? Uh, sorry, klechemda. Is he correct in his assumption that if you hold that uh, as sumas potter for mitzvos, like Rabbi Yosef says? Does that mean all mitzvos? It's a blanket tour for 613 mitzvos? No. no. So the most famous of that is the primagodim. The primagodim says that you only exempt from the assays. You're not exempt from those assays. If you're blind, you could commit adultery and murder? Of course not. So it must be that you're only exempt from the mitzvos assay, the positive, right? The 248 versus the 365 los assays. That's what <coughs> the primagodim says. Happens to be that the Nod Behuda disagrees with him. And the Nod Behuda, based on Tosos, we're going to see in a second, Tosos says, uh, the Nod Behuda says, based on Tosos, that it's a blanket patur, all 613. How do we know? Because this Gemara in Kedushin Daflam and Aleph is also brought in Baba Kamadav of Pezain, and there Tosos says as follows. 
it can't be that they're exempt from all mitzvos. If they're exempt from all mitzvos, then a suma looks no different, is indistinguishable from a guy. At least a woman who has tour of mitzvah uh, magroma is chayv in many other mitzvahs. But if you're going to say that a suma is potter from all 613 mitzvahs, says Tosvos, then you're basically saying that a suma is tantamount to a non-Jew, because there's nothing to differentiate. So Tosvos... Beautiful, beautiful, fantastic. That's what the Menchah Schinach says. Simple, simple, good. So the Menchah says, it has to, we'll get to that in a second, hold that thought. So <clears throat> Tosa says, at the very least, they have to be chayv midrabanan, even according to Rabbi Huda. You can't say a blind person is exempt from everything. Because otherwise, it wouldn't, so implicit in Tosa's statement, says no Huda, that he assumed that Rabbi Yosef was exempting you from all. Because if you're still chayv in the losa, says, of course you're different than a guy. You have two, 365 mitzvahs. The Mirchas Chinuch says, to, to Ron's point, that even, it can't be that they're all, uh, all, three, six, uh, all 613, because even a guy has seven mitzvahs, including Gezel, Geneva, which is one of the Shem Mitzvahs of Noach, so this would answer the question of the Chidah. So the question is, to what level did Rabbi Yosef, did uh, Rabbi Huda make a statement as far as, as, far as uh, the, the, the blanket tour for the, the blind person? Now, how do we pass in halacha? In the next two minutes, we're going to go very, very quickly. So there is a halacha that a, a is a blind person allowed to go ahead and be the chazan in shul? Can a blind person be a chazan in shul and be motzi everyone? So the Shulchan Aruch says, Suma yored lifnei teva. That's, that's for an aliyah. We'll get to that in a second. So Shulchan Aruch says, Suma yored lifnei teva. A suma can go ahead and be the chazan. But he can't read in the Torah, meaning he can't lane. What if he knows it by heart? Elliot, I'm sure, knows most of the parshas by heart. He's been a laner all of his life. So is Elliot, not Elliot, is as some of Elliot's capability who knows it by heart, if that person was to be blind, can he lane? So the Gemara says no. We have halacha that you're not allowed to say the psukim of the Torah by heart. Mishnah Bruah says, Suma, I feel the psukim, but you can't read from the Torah to me what's the others. Correct. We're talking about can't for others. So the Gemara says, Suma, I feel the psukim. The Mishnah Bruah comments on the Shochanarch, the Chayav bechol mitzvos min Torah, the Kaimelan Kirabonon de Rabbi Huda. We don't hold like Rabbi Huda. We pass like the Rabban on the Chacham over like Rabbi Yehuda that a Summa is Chayev. So we pass in La'alacha that a blind person yeah. is obligated in mitzvahs and therefore he can go ahead and be, be, the, be the Chazin. Now, question is, the Beis Yosef, by the way, discusses an interesting question. What about getting an Aliyah? Can a blind person get an Aliyah? So since there's a, there's a Chuvah Sarash, by the way, that says, and this is important for everyone to know, by the way, the Chuvah Sarash is brought by the Beis Yosef that says, when any, very important, when you get an aliyah, you're supposed to read along with the Balkare. I don't know if anyone knew that, but everyone should be at least humming the words silently, mouthing the words silently. When you get an aliyah, you're supposed to be making your, 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 um, your limit Torah on the psukim. So you're making the bracha. Yes, there's Shomea Ka'one, but it's better if you can go ahead and say the psukim with the Balkare by yourself when you get an aliyah. So he says as follows. He says, if there's a summa and you have an, and you have an ufra for the chassan and he's supposed to get an aliyah, but he's, he's blind, what should, what should you do? And he says, that's not ideal, but in that situation, under, under extenuating circumstances, even though you, you can get an aliyah. Now, it happened to be in those times that the one who got the aliyah was reading. So today, it's not as much of a problem. And so we actually passing today that a blind person can get an aliyah 
under extending circumstances, says the Magna, says the um, Magna Avram, if he's the only Kohen, so if you only have one Kohen there who's blind, okay, and he's the only Kohen, is it better to say Ein Kan Kohen or to give the Kohen the Aliyah? The Magna Avram Paskins give the Kohen the Aliyah. So under extenuating circumstances, we can give an Aliyah. It's interesting, by the way, that there are some people who are mocked not to give an Amar Aretz, a complete... Um, What's the nice word to say? Someone who has no halacha Tino understanding. Shinishba. What? Tino Tino okay, so basically someone who has no halachic understanding, better not to give him an aliyah. Although the Bach says that during his times, they used to give Amarats and aliyahs and all the Gedoli Ador never said a word. So that you can't, you can give an Amarats and aliyah. And the last point is, it's interesting though, the Mechaber actually poskins that a blind person cannot get an aliyah. That's the Mechaber. He says, the Shulchan Aruch says, Yosef Cairo says in Orachim Kuflamites, Suma ena kore, the fisha also likros afilos achas shalom ektab. You cannot give, says the Shulchan Aruch, an aliyah to a blind person. Comes the Ramon, saves the day for us, and he says, Umaharil kosav the achshav kore suma kmosh anu makram Torah la amaretz. The Ramah, we paskin like the Ramah, not not the Sfardim. Sfardim typically do not give; they follow like the Shulchan Aruch. So the Ramah says, in the name of the Maharil that we can give a Suma and Aliyah today, just like we give an Amaretz. Okay. Thank you, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, oh. <laughs>